0: Part 3. An Order in Disorder Chapter 28. Barefoot When I woke up, I realized the cat wouldn't talk, and so I figured my awareness got caught in between some wild dreams. Why the black cat with the broken tooth rested beside my head while I slept in between the trees. With a little marsh in front of me, I could now see the order from where I once ran. And when I left back then, I was not the same person as where I had once began. But who was I then? And who am I now? Am I not the same one that transformed upon this very ground? I looked to the east, and there I caught the first ray rise over the horizon. I leapt forward to bow at the rising star like a humble lion. She is the rising sun marking the ending of darkness and replenishment of life force after illness and devastation. She creates a clean state and fresh start. She protects that which is worthy of the heart. She shines in a perpetual state of divine beauty and radiance, attracting us to the most supportive and honoring circumstances. The great morning star is named Savitar, intelligent and learned. Learned Ones devote their minds and intelligence to the worship of Savitar the Sun. It is for that reason that this light alone is the source of all fame. May Savitar's praise increase. Savitar is the one who can see far into the future. Savitar is the god who has many forms. The one who grants welfare to all those with two legs and four legs. Savitar is the superior god. Who makes heaven manifest. When dawn comes, Savitar makes the presence of light felt. All the other Great Ones follow the path that is indicated by Savitar. It is Savitar who energizes the other Great Ones. Savitar is the one who measures out the dimensions of the earth. Great is Savitar's energy. O Savitar, you travel in the three radiant worlds. You are the one who is associated with the ray of the sun. You approach the night from both directions, rising and setting. O God, such are your qualities that you befriend everyone. O Savitar, you alone are the lord and ruler of all the worlds that were created. You nourish the universe through your care. You are the king and queen of all the worlds. Brave protectors who possess energetic horses chant hymns dedicated to you. And just as the sun rose over the horizon, there I bowed, for its luminosity was beyond what any mortal man could fathom or know. For I too knew I was one of many creatures, just another one of these wandering souls. Wild and immersed in between life and death, I was halfway between that which was above and everything below. Human and primal, two in one, above and below never ending and never done. Agni, I invoke first for our prosperity. I call on Mitra, Varuna, to aid us here. I call on Night, who gives rest to all moving life. I call on Savitar, the sun, to lend us help. Born in his golden chariot, he cometh, who looks over every creature. The god moves by the upward path, the downward, with two bright bays, adorable. The journey. Savitar comes, the god from the far distance, and changes from us all distress and sorrow. His chariot, decked with pearls, of various colors, lofty, with golden pole, he exercises his powerful thrust, the many rayed one, Savitar the holy, bound, bearing power and might, dispelling the darkness, drawing the chariot and his two steeds, have gazed upon mankind. All beings, men and creatures, abide forever in the bosom of Savitar, Divine One. Three heavens are there, two in Savitar's bosom, third in Yama's world, the home of heroes. Immortality rests stable as a chariot on its axle. He who understands this, declare it now. The bird in heaven keeps a watchful eye, strong of wind, the perfect guide, the gentle leader. Where now is the sun? As far as what heaven has his ray extended. The earth's eight points are illuminated with brightness, three desert regions, and seven rivers. Savitar, the gold-eyed one, has come, bringing his worshippers wondrous blessings. The golden-handed Savitar, far-seeing, goes on his way between the earth and heaven, drives away sickness, bids the sun approaching us, and spreads the bright sky through the dark region. May he, gold-handed Asura, kind leader, come here to us with his help and favour, driving off evil rulers and jealous idols. You are the God who is present, praised in hymns at evening. O Savitar, thine ancient dustless pathways are well established in the air of Earth's mid-region. O God, come by those paths so fair to travel, praised in the hymns in morning and evening. When I walked to the water, I dipped my toes in the pond. There my soul was one with the sea creatures when a fish tugged on one of my toes as if he wanted to tag along. His mouth went past my big toe's knuckle and tugged at the toe. I tried to shake him off, and only then would he let go. Oh, water! You will enable us to obtain divinity. Some herbs have been obtained from this ground, thanks to the generosity of water. Water has been mixed with the extracted soma juice and is being offered to Indra. The water that comes from rain is pure and free of sin. May this sweet water be mixed with soma juice. May we obtain this juice today. May we drink it today. O water, your sweet flow has been mixed with the soma juice. May Agni protect the water and the Soma juice. Indra and the eight Vasus are pleased when they drink the Soma juice. We wish to become like the God. May we too obtain the Soma juice today. May we get to drink it. Divine water performs purification in a hundred ways. It grants pleasure through the provision of food grains. Divine water is used in the offerings to the God. This is the water that preserves all of Indra's actions. We offer clarified butter to the water and the rivers. With its rays, the sun spreads the water in all directions. Indra himself dug the roots along which water could travel. O water of the rivers, may your flow grant us the best of food grains and riches. May water always protect us and ensure our welfare. I paused to take a deep breath, and what a strange coincidence it was. As if all the elements of earth and animals of this land were mirrors all around. We were all of it. And were there any secrets left to be found? But who was I? I'd become like an antenna or human generator. With food grains, sunlight, water, and air. These elements were my body's regenerators. With that ball of fire called the sun rising, I got back down on my paws and feet. There I sat on my heels like a sphinx as I took a seat. I bowed my sight to the sun and water. I bowed and pressed my face into the ground. There I bowed to the trees, soil, and earth where all creatures were bound. O goddess of the forests, you can be seen in the forests and in the wilderness. But you vanish before our eyes. Why are you not seen in towns and villages? Do you not feel sacred there? Why do you go to the deserted forests? There are animals that roar in a loud voice. There are animals that call in a soft voice. When these two types of voices mingle, the sound is that of a musical instrument being played. It is as if the animals are chanting the praise of the goddess of the forests. Animals like cows also graze in the forest. The trees are the keepers that wait in rows in the forest. That seem to be set up as a canopy above one's head. When it is evening, carts and cars emerge from the forest. They are laden with saplings and firewood. It is almost as if the goddess of the forest is sending the cars and carts home. O goddess of the forest, there are men and women calling to their cows. There is another chopping down firewood. Men and women who spend the night in the forests may hear sounds that seem to frighten them. But the forests do not perform violent acts toward anyone. In fact, who would bring any harm to the forests? The forest is a place where sweet fruits can be found. One can eat those and live happily. All sorts of fragrances can be found in the forest. There is food in the form of fruits and roots. The forest is a fertile region. It is the mother of the deer. It is natural that we should sing the praise to the goddess of the forests. As I journeyed through the woods, I walked mindfully and ever slow, for I was on my way toward the order, but this moment was the only place I could go. I was there within the woods, when I came to a totem, which was a sacrifice tree. Here the face of a great bird was carved into this wood, preserved as a protector of the land, and so I bow to thee, O tree, we wish to become like the morning star of the sun. On the occasion of the sacrifice, we sprinkle you with divine nectar, whether you stand straight upright, or whether you lie down on the lap of the earth. May you grant us riches on the occasion of the sacrifice, O sacrificial post. You are the superior one, and you stand up before the fire of the sacrifice. You are the one who listens to the hymns that are a source of valor. Banish all evil thoughts from our head, we will stand up straight so that you may bring us good fortune. O sacrificial post made out of a tree, you stand up straight at an auspicious spot on the earth. The ground of the sacrifice has been measured out. Stand up there and energize the one who is performing the sacrifice. The youthful sacrificial post has been wrapped up in excellent clothing and brought to a place of the sacrifice. Wonderful is the sight of the sacrificial post ever since it was erected. We are the intelligent and the learned ones who through this sacrifice wish to embody God. We have erected the sacrificial post. The sacrificial post is a totem and will increase in glory as the sacrifice proceeds through the day. The learned ones who are performing the sacrifice will sanctify the post through their wisdom. The learned ones who pray to God will chant hymns. O sacrificial post made out of a tree. There are men who By dint of this sacrifice, wish to become godlike. It is they who have measured you out. An axe has emerged to fashion the divine sacrificial post. The yupa which stands upright is as radiant as the sun. May the sacrificial post grant the devotees riches. An axe was used to cut and trim the sacrificial post. The officiating priests set it upon the ground. The post will purify the sacrifice. May the post grant us the best of riches on the occasions of this sacrifice. Aditya, Rudra, the Vasus, and the other great ones traverse the best paths. They populate the vast heaven, the atmosphere, the earth, and increase love in these worlds. May God preserve this sacrifice. May they hold aloft the post, which is the symbol of the sacrifice. The sacrificial post is full of energy. It shines like the sun. When the post is set up on the ground, chips are logged off so that a stake may be formed. When these chips fall to the ground, it seems as if a flock of geese is flying in the sky. The learned ones have set up this post on the occasion of the sacrifice. It rises up into the atmosphere, the place where God roams. The sacrificial post shines like the sun. Its sides have been lined with the rings of iron before the pillar was set up in the ground. The Yupa gleams like the horns of animals. May the sacrificial post listen to the hymns that are being chanted at the time of the sacrifice. May it protect us at the time of battle. A sharp axe was used to fashion this sacrificial post, so that our good fortune may be ensured. O oh, tree from which this yoga was made, may we flourish from its many branches. May we have thousands of years to prosper. What a day, what a day! said the black cat's voice. I turned around, and there both cats were. What did you say? I swear that was the black cat's voice. I could hear him through the trees. Now my awareness focused in on the woods, where I saw how the two cats had come to find me. Good morning, good morning, said Kismet. Yes, with you it always seems like morning. And Yuktiku, How are you? I need you to be my eyes in the order, it's not my territory to proceed up ahead. Come back to the woods and visit often, and so I'll call you through the same voice you hear now in your head, he said. I turned to walk to the order, and I heard his voice perfectly clear. Then I walked along the edge of the great wall, when I began to feel the onset of great fear. But what's the big deal? Why is there a panic rising that I feel? This is the world's wheel and the galaxy contains many other gears, too. We're all a sort of cosmic clock turning together, and we need a shaman that can get the order to align with the Earth's gears. We can't change the past. Oh, I wish we could go back and fix those years, but soon we'll have a better track forward, and this will release all those who are stuck on old fears. The order must slow down, and the shaman will get us aligned with the great medicine wheel. And if we do this correctly, then the world will finally heal, he said. And if not, then the wheel that the order is on will eventually drop off. The order cannot sustain this rate of production using all of Earth's resources. It murders many animals. And if they continue like this, the order will not change its ways until it meets an abrupt and brutal death stop, said Yuktiku. And from the human perspective, one might call Yuktiku a god of war and destruction from the look in his eyes, but looking from Earth's point of view, he was a fierce protector in disguise. Wearing the form of a small black jaguar, his spirit was home in the forest and soul of the Earth, resting in connection to nature, his mind was woven with all life that was ever birthed, anything that came from the land was a product of her, and Yuktiku merged with the sky. He came into a feline form, and arrived to serve her until the day he would die. But I, who was I? I was not great like Yuktiku, but I became his devotee, and as a walking human meat suit I entered into the great order, as I trusted that this could be the place I was meant to be. So you want me to observe and work? But what if they don't let me do any of that? Just get in deep and don't look back. Once you're inside, I'll guide you where to go, because if the wheel doesn't slow down soon, it'll fly off the shaft, and then no creature would be left to grow. We are going to align with the medicine wheel, and we must reconnect with the earth, and so we'll start it off real slow," said Bolanyukdeku. There I came to a doorway, where I saw a man, why he wore a suit, and it seemed as if he wrote in a diary on a calendar. "'about future plans. "'Hey, Barefoot,' he said. "'I was the only one here, "'so I'm certain he was talking to me. "'He studied me up and down, "'and he had quite the nice smile. "'Then, as I observed him, "'I waited in silence for quite a while. "'You looking for a job?' he asked. "'I'd been barefoot since I ran. "'And what was this man's hidden plan? "'An agenda and calendar? "'Now what a strange man!' What's in the calendar? I asked. He closed it as if he wouldn't let me see. Sale stuff. Just some brand names and big deals I might foresee, said the salesman. Predictions. So you're looking ahead. That's right. Then after work I go home and put the kids to bed, he said. Ah, so. But what do you do? He said. I'm a hunter. I said it rather quick. But who was I? Was I an antenna? A generator, or was I still mirroring the cats in the ways we hunt to survive? Ah, so, hunting new business, he said. I nodded because he was nodding, and now I was following him. Any big wins, he asked. I pointed to the trees. Millions of them. You work with pulp and paper? Oh, I bet I could get you a job. I know what a new business development guy is worth. Just let me know where you'd want to start off he said. Right here. Well, he paused. So here's how it goes in new business creation. We're selling anything the customer will buy, so you get what I'm saying, he said. You want me to sell. I repeated it because I wanted to see where this would go. He had associated me with someone, but this was not an identity I'd come to know. But who was I, and why was I in a disguise, nodding at him, and as he looked back, it all happened on a whim. I didn't force it, and neither did he. This conversation came out of nowhere and flowed quite naturally. Hey, are you in the system? You ever worked for the order before? He said. Sure. What's your ID? He said. Every employee had their digits, and I'd forgotten mine a long time ago. I could lie, but... No, whispered a thought from the intuition of Yuktiku. Now, the man held up a device, and this was a thin computer with a camera between his hands. Smile, said the man. And so I smiled for a while. Ah, so! Your auto from Automation. It says you're Ditto's kid. He's your dad, right? He used to work for us and secured plenty of wins at a really good price, he said. My father. And what's with that? This tablet computer? It can manage more than a human brain can know he said. Ah, so? Come on, Barefoot, let's go, he said. I knew your dad, and everything he stood for, he did it the right way. He was just like the rest of us in the order, because we all had to make a living, because we've got to get paid. Let's get you in the company, let's see what you can do. I'll hook you up, and you'll smile when the commission checks come through. Bosses love to hire the son of a company man, and we're all about diversity and inclusion here, We're seeing customers investing in sustainable energy because you and I both know the agencies are always worried about pollution even though they've got money stuffed in their ears. Now the motto here? We sell what we've got and that's how we get paid. Sell more and the more money you'll make, he said. I think I'd prefer to listen, think, and solve. Great. Now let's get you involved, he said. But what's the solution? Distribution. They move our product... So you and I are calling on a higher level. Call on corporate and get down to the buying influences. That way, you'll get into meetings with the C-level. Figure out what they're buying today, and look for opportunities where we can sell. Then get to know as many people as you can in management and manufacturing, so then we can sell to more personnel, he said. Well, I was thinking about what to say, because this was all over my head. You in? he asked. If I don't take the job, does that mean I'm dead? I asked. The guy laughed and pulled me along with him. And so I went along, because Bolin Yuktiku said this was the way. And so I followed this man when he gave me a company card, an iPhone, and even keys to a car when he said I start today. Turns out the engineering, automation, and manufacturing industries value inclusion and diversity. They're always looking to include all sorts of talent, in a perfect world, there would be a perfect balance, and so companies are seeking to hire all sorts of candidates because there is a talent imbalance. Then the man gave me all sorts of resources I needed before he set me loose. He gave me a hard hat, a vest, and even a pair of steel toe boots. Go get them, tiger. I'll ping you in a week or so to check in. We've got meetings on Monday morning at 8, and that's when the work week begins, he said. The moment he left, I ran to the forest to tell Yuktiku about the job. I was so overwhelmed, and I didn't have a clue what to do, and so I ran to the marsh when I saw the black cat in the crocodile's jaws. Is that you, Yuktiku?" Take off the shoes. You'll lose the connection to the earth if you don't walk with bare feet, he said. Repeat? I'd just gained a hefty pair of shoes, and my commander was telling me to forget them? What about the vest, the phone, the keys, and everything else? I think you'll need them, because you're going back in, said Bolan Yuktiku. Can you fill me in? What are we doing? The medicine wheel only comes once, and we've got to get it properly aligned. Be careful, because that phone is tracking you. Oh, they're interested in data, all right. You can browse the internet, which connects to all computers, phones, and devices. Go back in there and work with them and make all sorts of decisions and choices. Get in the middle of the order. That's how the transmission occurs. And before they even realize it, I'll be speaking through your voice and the sword is all that will be heard. Rest assured, all will be taken care of and come back to me and tune in often. Pray each night and there your worries will be softened. I will guide us, but you must choose to come visit me and tune in. Go into the order and live like them. Come back to me, and I'll sort you out when your mind begins to spin, he said. Oh, real convincing. And so I went back in, just like that. To tell you the truth, every day I wanted to run away, but I kept showing up and never looked back. Well, that was that. So who was I? A working man that happened to be handcuffed to a corporate plan. I could barely stand it, but who could? Everyone was trying to live and support their livelihood. You see, I used to hate companies, mostly because I saw them like invisible entities. But behind the logos, they are filled with luminous people, and these corporations are like small tribes that have unique identities. Some customers made paper, others made consumer goods. Some made shoes, and others produced specific things that no one else could. The industry was like a great heartbeat through the land, providing life through the towns and all around, and whenever I was curious, I'd open that phone and go into the internet, and there I'd take a look around. When I came back to the order, I was not the same man as when I first entered. At first, years ago, I gave as much as I could to my job, but now my awareness revealed I'd become quite self-centered. I didn't care for the work, but I did enjoy meeting others and hearing about their stories the company kept paying me, and so I did just what I had to do and tried not to worry. I spent most of the day in my head, and I met many acquaintances along the way. I think there was even a week when they called me every morning at 8 a.m., but I just kept to my own business and would go to the beach to salute the sun each day. In these jobs, I sold all sorts of mechanical and electrical equipment, from pneumatics to servos, and millions of dollars were in transit all happening through various shipments. The company wanted me to keep track of sales, but I could barely remember to put on my pants each day. For in truth, all I wanted to do was sit, sleep, write, think, meditate, practice yoga, and pray. One of the companies I worked for was based in Israel, and so I worked remote from over here, observing through many meetings. The thought of getting fired was always a fear. It became such an aggressive idea. And if it happened, then surely I'd lose all I'd ever made. Without the job, I'd lose my home and food. Then I'd have nowhere left to stay. Some days I'd panic from eight to five. The emotions would pin my body still. But somehow I sat and observed the mind, imagining how the energy would change and ripple before the land started to heal. Truth be told, most days I fantasized as if I was someone else. I had such a tiny purpose in the corporate world, I felt lost, isolated, and worthless by myself. Then a dark thought would rise, and it would repeat sometimes for weeks or days, and so I'd sit and wonder when it would pass, and eventually my brain would get so tired of imagining my death, that even the idea of dying wouldn't stay. Covering a territory, eventually I had to report on the territory and sales. That's when the company flew me to Israel and so I journeyed there to fill them in on the details. A smile can go a long way, and curiosity, questions, and inquisitiveness can take you even further. I should have been focused on the product and sales numbers, but I was so interested in the lives of my co-workers. I became great friends with many of them, and they liked having me around. That's when we had a meeting on the Mediterranean Sea outside of Tel Aviv's downtown. As one of the only Americans there, I realized almost the entire meeting was spoken in Hebrew, then the CEO tapped me on the shoulder and said, you can't understand any of this, why don't you go outside and enjoy the view. There I gazed upon the Mediterranean, and what a strange world it was. Then I felt an onset of surreal and strange feelings, then I remember seeing birds fly up as if these were pigeons or doves, now it felt like someone placed an electric blanket over me and my intuition was hyper-aware. Had Bol and Yukti come to find me? How the heck did he arrive all the way out here? I felt like I was floating. And that's when I turned to see an old Israeli man with a grey and white beard. We looked into each other's eyes when I got stuck. Now why had this man come all the way out here? Who was this man, and what was with him? Then he spoke and whispered, You're welcome. He turned away and I never saw the man after that. Then soon I flew back home, but once I got back to work, I felt even further off track. The beach was my true home, and so I would flock to the sand where I'd balance upon my toes. Doing yogic postures and inhaling the sacred smoke, I'd journey inward into where no one quite knows. Then Monday through Friday, I'd get called out on the road. I'd go see customers and journey to wherever they needed me to go. I'd work with all sorts of companies, and I was given clearance from friendly theme parks into military bases. One day I'd be listening to someone making a surgical robot, and the next I'd be at NASA, talking about a rover going to Mars through distant space. One day I'd be talking about sales numbers, and then the next day I'd be at an arsenal wearing a badge explaining I was in the tactical warfare division. One day I'd work with companies who made vinyl record players, and the next I'd be working with someone building missiles. Immersed in the material world, my mind was starting to lose control. I forgot what I was doing in the world, and so I began to release and let go. My mind would wander, and there I'd quickly forget. I held on to little, since the more I worked, the deeper I found myself in debt. The company's phone had the internet, which gave me connections to the world. I gave money to an orphanage in Africa. And then I gave money to those living in need who felt like my long-lost brothers. Living paycheck to paycheck, I was always trying to catch up. Barely waking up to work, I felt totally trapped and completely stuck. For days, months, and years, I went back and forth between the Great Order and Earth's natural ground. I'd wear shoes when I had to, but I was barefoot whenever I didn't want to be found. The sun would warm the land. AND I COULD FEEL IT ALL AROUND. I KNEW I NEEDED TO BE BAREFOOT TO GREET EACH DAY'S sun, SINCE WE NEED TIME EACH DAY TO WALK BAREFOOT UPON THE GROUND. THEN EVERY TIME I'D GO TO THE SEA OR THE FOREST, I'D TURN INWARD AND LISTEN TO THE INTUITION SPEAK. THERE BOLANYUKDIKU WAITED, AND I WOULD TAKE A SEAT BESIDE HIS FEET. THIS WAS MY TEACHER, BUT DID HE EVER SPEAK AN ACTUAL WORD? YET ALL HE EVER TOLD ME WAS ALL THE TRUTH I EVER HEARD common man on the loose. Barefoot I was. This great order had all sorts of good people that were also stuck in a system with some flaws. The current operating system had bugs that generated contradictions. We were cutting off the earth from beneath our own feet. We were poisoning the atmosphere that we breathe. This was not intelligent behavior. This is a culture with a bug in its operating system that was making it produce erratic dysfunctional, and malfunctioning behavior. Time to call a tech, said Bolan Yuktiku. And who are the techs? The shamans are the techs, said Bolan Yuktiku. Barefoot I walked, then I found my beloved on the beach. There the cat with the little tail would bring us together while we listened to what Bolan Yuktiku had to teach. This one with the broken tooth told me about yet another cat, one with the flame between her eyes. He said her body was gone, but how her spirit did not yet die. For this fire was within the earth, and it was the fire within the smoke, and each night I'd visit Bolanyuktiku whenever I'd take a toke. Each night became a ritual, and I wanted to stay with him for so long because I'd want to forget about work. I'd avoid my responsibilities because I was addicted to the grace and love of this earth. He showed me that the power we seek is already within our soul, and through yoga, the mind training of meditation, I realized I could be single-pointed along a great wheel to reveal how to relink my layers with the universe's whole, and under the proper conditions, I discovered how to conjure a great fire within. This fire consumed my worries, pain, and the suffering that my mind would bring. As I realized this body was a human reactor, I began to study what I put in, versus what came out. There was an optimal functionality, and while many people were content in desks, chairs, and watching movies, I would flow with the oceans, finding my own route. There I showed Yuktiku all my observations, and even more questions came from me. There were things he would ponder, and these were the things that no human could see. O oh, Yuktiku, I'm afraid this isn't funny. Only when the last tree has died... And the last river has been poisoned and the last fish has been caught will the people realize we cannot eat money and so we must change gears we must align with the medicine wheel in a time not so far off i see a moment when the people are free and so the world will heal he said but how wait and see everyone thinks they know the answer but it is not something one ego can see Rather, if we let go, we embrace life's organic flow. And then we remember how nature is our key. Each night we pass on, and every morning we rise to grow. Grow, grow, grow. And so soon they shall know how the sky merges with the earth below. Wait and see. A great shift is coming, and soon everyone will know that nature has come to set us free said bolan yukpi ku